remarkable people overcoming remarkable challenges with resilience, dedication, community, and grit. Listen as they share their stories of overcoming adversity. Open your eyes to what is genuinely possible for all of us. Authentic Adversity with host Chris Howe. Welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Adversity podcast. Today, we chat with a friend of mine that actually we met online. Um, this is our first time chatting face-to-face, I mean, through a, through a screen, of course, but um, he's an apprentice chef um, in New Zealand. He has an amazing story of recovery. Um, you know, I've been following his social media for quite some time, and, you know, we have a lot of back and forth between each other. Um, he's doing a lot of great things for people in recovery. He's a very inspirational dude. Um, this is Daniel Fairbrother. Hey, man, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Yeah, really good. Really grateful. It's a pleasure yeah, and an honor to be a part of this, man. Well, thank you so much. It means a lot. It's really nice, like we were saying before we started to record, to be able to connect with people all over the world, um, you know, with the, you know, with technology, you know, you follow somebody for a certain amount of time and you, you kind of get an idea of who somebody is, but you don't actually have a conversation. So this is, you know, this is great for me to actually meet you and, and have a conversation and a deep one at that and to be able to coordinate it with time zones and everything like that. I mean, we're on different days right now. So, um, you know, it's been very cool to, um, to have that opportunity. And I really do want to thank you, um, you know, for, for being open and contributing to the channel. No, awesome. And it's like I said, it's, it's an honor and a privilege, bro. It's, it's cool. Yeah, man. Um, okay. So uh, as I mentioned, you're from New Zealand. Generally, when I interview somebody, I like to kind of paint a picture. Um, I'd like to know sort of like what it was like for you growing up um, and then kind of take us through a journey, how you got to, um, you know, certain points in your life and um, adversities that you may have come across in life and how did you overcome them and where you are today. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Um, tell us about your childhood. Yeah, definitely, man. So, um, yeah, originally um, I was born in Christchurch, um, Burwood Hospital. Um, and, uh, yeah, a majority of my childhood um, was definitely troubling. Um, a lot of it came down to being undiagnosed with ADHD. So from, you know, primary school to, say, 12 years old, um, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD, but then it got to 12 and then I was diagnosed with ADHD from so. So from about five to 12, I was labeled as a, as a naughty kid. Talk about that for a second, because I think this happens a lot with kids these days. It's, you know, we're either mislabeling them as bad kids or we're labeling them too fast and diagnosing them at a super young age and putting them on meds and this sort of thing. Um, it's, it's kind of a touchy subject. And, um, you know, for yourself, what was that like with, you know, living with, ADHD as a child, but not knowing what it was. And you must have felt like, you know, different from everybody and not being able to uh, put a name to how you felt or to actually uh, be able to express those emotions properly. Oh, it was really hard, man. Really hard on, on myself and really hard on my parents. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that that label of, you know, naughty kid, bad kid definitely stuck with me throughout my life and it right. definitely created a core belief that I kind of carried out um, and started to believe, you know what I mean? And which, yeah. you know, when you, when you're told something and it's repetitive, you start to believe it. And um, 
so it was really troubling and really hard, man. I, I, you know, I was taken out of class and um, put with the caretaker and like, I wasn't like, I knew from a very young age that I wasn't a normal, you know, right. A normal kid. I, I wasn't like the other kids and yeah, it was really troubling and it has been troubling. Like when I say I was diagnosed with ADHD, I'm pretty sure they chucked a whole bunch of other labels at me too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just ADHD. It was a whole bunch of other things. And yeah, it was really confronting. And then all of a sudden I'm on medication. You know what I mean? And then, right. you know, and then I realized that the medication, you know, when I grow up and got a bit older, I realized that the medication they were putting me on was worth money. You know what I mean? And then it, sure. and then it kind of yeah. all spiraled out of control. You know what I mean? And yeah. that kind of opened up the gate to a whole to a whole new level. And so you were you were labeled as that bad kid and then put to a boarding school. At, at what age did you go to the boarding school for? Yeah, so I can't actually specifically remember. Obviously, it was a okay. long time ago now, but it was roughly, mm -hmm. I'd say probably would have been 12, 13, 14 in that yeah. area. So I, I would have been in that boarding school for about a year. Um, okay. It was an all-male all school, so it was a boys' mm -hmm. boys home. Um, it was rough, man. It was it was pretty pretty out there. Like, um, yeah. obviously, like I said, I was, a, I was a pretty troubled kid, so... Um, what what they'd have in that boarding school is like a timeout room. So it was basically it, it, it was a cell. So basically, it, like if I was playing up or there was disruption or arguments or whatever, they'd they'd put you into the cell with no toilet, no no anything, okay. and and they'd leave you and they'd leave you in there and, until you calm down or their perception of calm down. You know what I mean? Right. It, it was rough. Like it was yeah. it was pretty full on, man. But at the end of the day. When I went into that boarding school, I probably excelled more than I ever did um, when I was in primary school and stuff for the simple fact that it was a really small classroom. So it wasn't okay. heaps of kids. Right. It, was, it was more concentrated on, you know, I think there might have been like five or six kids rather than yeah. 30. You know what okay. I mean? Interesting. Yeah, for sure. So uh, where do you go from there then? Uh, like, are you, that's around the same time that you're diagnosed and, and you, you were in this school for about a year. Um, what happens after that? Yeah. So basically it ended up, you know, being kicked out of school. Um, then obviously going into high school. Um, like I said, I kind of learned that the, the Ritalin that they had me on was worth money. So I started selling that, um, which then opened up a portal to, to drugs. Um, I kind of already knew, you know, about cannabis and alcohol and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Started dabbling in that probably around 14, 15, um, okay. you know, cigarette, stuff like that. Started to, to find those vices, started to gravitate towards those external things to make me feel better. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it, it all kind of just um, become quite dysfunctional you know what i mean well more 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 dysfunctional that than it already was sure. and like you know my my parents um split up when i was like one so um you know i'm very grateful you know to have two dads you know i've got a stepdad okay. and a biological father and my stepdad's been in my life since i was like one so um he's, oh, wow. he's been a massive massive support as well and um basically yeah they um they'd share custody when I was a kid, so I'd, right. I'd go to my dad's, and he he's got other kids as well. So I've got quite a lot of brothers and sisters. 
Okay. Yeah, like school schooling um was a struggle, man. Like I never I could never really sit in that classroom and properly comprehend what they were teaching me. Um I'd go right. my head would just go somewhere else, mate, you know? Like yeah. I just I couldn't understand and I still struggle with that stuff today, man. You know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. feel that school just wasn't for me. Um I just it's hard. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It would be tough and and you know, you're you've got other things going on with medications and and then getting getting into drug use alcohol this kind of thing i mean it's pretty easy to lose interest in school but also if it's challenging for you i mean why 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 would you keep you know what i mean like for me that it was really challenging for me too and when i found drugs and alcohol it was like well school we'll put that to the side this is the stuff that makes me feel good i feel like i'm good at doing drugs and drinking. So I'm oh, not good at school. So I wanted to go where I felt I excelled. And, you know, of course it led me to the, a, a really dark place, but, um, so it was the same sort of thing for you. A hundred percent, man. And I found mm-hmm. like, when I found the drugs and the, and the alcohol and stuff like that, mainly the drugs in the high school, I'd use the drugs to, to cope through the high school. So when I was sitting in that yeah. classroom, I was, I was wasted. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? And so it, yeah. it was, yeah, it, it was pretty rough, man. And obviously, um, you know, when I was in primary and labeled that bad kid, it, it carried, you know, that, that stigma carried out through high school. And, you know, I had special, you know, help and a teacher aid and special treatment okay. and stuff like that. And I guess that's been a common theme, a common theme throughout my life is that, um, you know, I've had the special attention I've had this, you know, and I guess part of my personality is liked it because it's, it's kind of made me feel special. It's made me feel different. But then on the other hand, um, it's, you know, it's, it's caused all sorts of issues because, you know, I guess the other kids look at me and go, well, what, why is he so, you know, you know what I mean? It, right. It, it, it creates a whole different d- dynamic. For sure. For somebody who already doesn't feel like they have a place in life to be now centered out and having special attention <laughs> and the other kid, you know, that's definitely and and I yeah, I can relate to that for sure. At what point? Um, so you ended up um, like, were you fighting a lot? Were you getting into like other trouble, you know, besides drugs and alcohol? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've always had really serious anger problems. Mm hmm. Um, and yeah, there was definitely, you know, um, bits and pieces of violence throughout the whole stage of schooling, you know what I mean? From primary to high school that, you know, I was, I was angry. Um, not, not so much like fighting, fighting. I I think I I, would have definitely got into a few fights. Don't get me wrong, but it was more me having tantrums, bro. It was more that little inner child, um, screaming Mm. and, and, you know resurfacing itself all the time and i didn't know what it was man it's not until like the last you know couple of years that i've really understood and and acknowledged and and realized i even have it in a child inside and you know yeah well that's really important too and i think a lot of us don't look at that until it's gotten too late um and that you know we are acting out as a result of that inner child and what that child didn't receive you know growing up and and I still, I mean, I'm in treatment still uh, dealing with childhood stuff. And I think many of us in recovery, that's where we have to look. You know, it starts, it oh, starts 100%. early, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very important thing. And I think it definitely gets swept under the carpet in the way of, um, you know, like I've gone to a lot of uh, professional 
psychologists and counselors and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, they definitely touch on the inner child but mm-hmm. in the way of being a consistent thing. Like at sometimes, you know, you have a couple of sessions and it's kind of left there. But like like you're saying, you're you're still dealing with that stuff now. It's a lifelong journey, you know what I mean? And I feel that's, you know, a really strong message um, that this isn't just, you know, like I'm I'm not recovered, you know what I mean? I'm only yeah. one decision and one choice away from fucking up my whole life again, you know what I mean? And for me, yeah. it's, you know, the drugs and alcohol have definitely been a problem. But to be honest, like when I peel back that onion, um, probably one of my biggest problems is self-sabotage, man. You know what I mean? Like I've, okay. I've built things up um, in the past to literally burn them down. And I've, I've become addicted. You know, I was addicted to to lighting things on fire, basically, and, and, and right. watching them burn because I didn't feel worthy. I, I didn't have enough self-love. I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, really important to acknowledge that inner child because, you know, for me, he's always there. He's, you know, and when I'm doing the right things, he's he's happy. You know what I mean? And right. it's just, just trying to, you know, fit, feed him that positivity, <laughs> which is yeah. hard. Especially in this, it really is. This world, man, you know, it's. Yeah. It takes a lot, and and it's like you you had mentioned, it's a lifelong thing. It's con- a continuous journey that we're working on that inner child, and you know, trying to fix and heal the traumas of the past, and and a lot of it, like I like we had both said, from early childhood when we didn't know any better, and our lives yeah. were shaped in a certain way, right? This episode of the Authentic Adversity Podcast is brought to you and sponsored by Another Road Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center. Another Road offers a client-centered recovery program tailored to every individual's circumstances. Their focus is to create a supportive healing environment rather than a rigid, rule-based institution. Their dedicated commitment upholds the individual values respecting each person's desire for recovery. Another Road understands that every individual requires a unique and focused approach to their recovery. Certain modalities of treatment are introduced along with the tools necessary for each client. Located in a rural setting, their addiction treatment center for all genders provides the perfect setting for a transformative recovery experience and sense of belonging. The private residential treatment facility offers an unparalleled program with counselors that have in-depth knowledge based on varying years of experience in addiction. Another Road utilizes unique individual focus plans for recovery that address the complexities of drug addiction, alcoholism, and prescription medication misuse. They have a 65% success rate when clients follow their program. I know many people who have completed this program and they have absolutely rave reviews. To learn more, visit anotherroad.ca. So you're acting out in, um, and and at what point do you end up in sort of the youth justice system? I think it would have been about 15, 16. Okay. Um, so I ended up in, in a place called Tapunawai. So it's like a youth justice facility. So it's kind of like a jail before the jail. Yes. Um, yeah. I'd probably best describe it as like a holiday retreat home. <laughs> like, okay. Like it's got your swimming pools, your gyms. Yeah. It's got all sorts of things, but it's obviously yeah. a whole bunch of troubled youth um right and a lot of the time i was in there i would go into a place called secure unit so i'd have tantrums and 
okay. act out violently and all the rest of it. And, you know, they'd get on their um, walkie-talkies and um, signal everyone and they'd all come rushing in and restrain you and take you to this place called a secure unit, which I, to be honest, preferred. I actually preferred to be isolated. And I guess we'll go into that a bit deeper later, but isolation, okay. you know what I mean, has been has been probably just as useful as as drugs were you know what i mean um right secluding myself from from civilization um yeah so yeah i spent i spent a lot of a lot of time um in in the secure unit so it was basically i don't i can't remember now but it was you were locked down a a majority of the time so Mm -hmm. you're just in your cell lots of time to think yeah, oh, definitely, man. And, you know, I'm an overthinker. So <laughs> like, even <laughs> yeah. though I kind of enjoyed being isolated, on the other hand, I didn't. You know what I mean? It was a very um, mixed thing. For sure. I think in a place like that, it's it's easy to think ourselves into a, a kind of a, a, a bigger frenzy than we need to be. And, you know, like people like us, I think most addicts are overthinkers. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And, and we're we're able to somehow think ourselves into these make-believe situations that always, you know, they're, they're always worst case scenario, at least for me, that's the way I am, or I was for sure in active addiction. I was, and as a kid, I'd think my way into situations that never happened and probably never would, but I thought they were real yeah, yeah. and, you know, yeah, quite an imagination. So that's as a teenager. Um, and, and so once you're sort of sort of moving through life, then um, are you you're in and out of the youth justice uh, system, or do you end up going at a certain point? Do they transfer you to adult security or like? Uh, yeah. So what what happened? I I can't remember how many times. I'm pretty sure I was in there more than once. I can't mm-hmm. like like I say, it was it was when I was young, but um, I was definitely in and out of the system. So right. what what happens is um, you know there was a lot of kids in there like you know, um, kids that have done like murder and stuff like that. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll stay in that facility until they're old enough to be transferred to, to prison, to, to, to Christchurch men's or Christchurch women's or, or, okay. or, or whatever it may be. Right. But, um, for me, I, I got out and then I'd go into like, cause throughout my life, I've been in a lot of these like health camps, um, like a lot of organizations, um, like respite homes, um, mm-hmm. foster homes, st- st- stuff like that. So I've okay. been in been in and out of the system a majority of my whole teenage life, you know. Um, so I spent a lot of time in in these different homes because, like I said, I was I was unmanageable, bro. Like for for my mum and for my mum and dad, I, I was a very um, hyperactive and angry kid. So I'd, yeah. I'd act out quite a lot, and you know, like for me, like even admitting this now on a podcast is, is, is powerful, you know what I mean? Because, um, throughout my life, I've always, you know, pointed the finger at everyone else. It's, 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 you know, it's everyone else's fault, but at the end of the day, um, in this present moment, I've acknowledged that there's, there's always three fingers pointing back at me. There's some real power in that, but, um, to answer the question, yeah, I, I, I was in and out of that system. Not 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 necessarily um, in and out of that youth justice facility, but mm-hmm. there's a thing um, I think it's called Orama Tamariki now, but it was SIFS child child youth and family. So it's um okay, it's a system that troubled kids go into, and um I was definitely in and out of that. Yeah, it's um I I, I really like that you brought up that point, you know, because we and this is something that we talked about earlier as well, like you know searching for external answers to you know questions that 
can be answered internally. And I think along with that goes this sort of blame game, um, you know, where, where, like you said, we're blaming other people for our problems. We're blaming our environment, our friends, our, our upbringing, everything else we blame, 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 but we never take responsibility. Um, and, and I, I just, I want to applaud you for, for what you said. I mean, I think it's really important and really powerful that, that we do take responsibility for our actions and we are able to come back to, to these things and say, no, 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 I was the problem. Um, you know, and, and I was searching for, I was desperately searching for it to be somebody else's problem. Um, but you know, it just, it just never works for us that way. You know, we can, we can point fingers all we want, but we just push people away and inevitably the problems get worse and worse and worse because we're not able to look at ourselves and, you know, take responsibility for our actions and, um, the outcomes. So, you know, I appreciate, I I really appreciate that you said that. Like I say, man, I I think it's been like, it's been a real process to to understand and and to hold myself accountable. And I feel, you know, the treatment centers and and everywhere I've kind of gone has really helped um, mold that, has helped kind of bind that together for for myself because, you know, for a long time, and I'm still, you know, in in the process of of learning who I am authentically, you know what I mean? Like I, throughout my whole life, I've kind of, you know, had that question of, you know, who who am I? You know what I mean? Like I, I'm acting out on all these emotions, and I'm creating this, this um, external, you know, of this troubled kid and stuff. But at the end of the day, a lot of it's just hurt and pain and and, and not being able to regulate my emotions properly. And and not being able to communicate in a way that people could understand and actually help me. Um, I'd rather, you know, have a tantrum and, and throw my toys out of the cot because that was my way of saying, I need fucking help. I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I, I, you know what I mean? And, and I yes, feel that I a lot of people can relate to that. You know what I mean? Cause it's. Yeah, for sure. You know? I, I mean, I, I totally can uh, relate to that. And I think many people will be able to, and that's it, right? Like we feel like we don't have a voice sometimes. And yeah, that lack of that lack of a voice to say I'm desperately needing and looking for love or help or acceptance or whatever it is, you know, it, the lack of our of our uh, lack of ability to have a voice there, um, you know, it, it comes out in explosive uh, erratic behavior or mistreatment of others. Um, and it's like I think it's important for people to recognize that a lot of times when we're acting out like that and when we're treating people that way, that we're just desperately saying, like, somebody reach out, give me a hand, tell me I'm worth something, you know, I'm, you know, give me, love me a little bit. And we need that. But we're too, I don't know, I think some of us, maybe we're too arrogant or, you know, proud to say, I need help, you know, especially when we're younger. Uh, I think it's, it's really important, I think, for, um, you know, for men. For men to be able to to be comfortable to say, you know, I uh, I need to be loved, I need help, um, I can't do this on my own, you know, I'm not as strong as I'd like you to believe. A hundred percent, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, man. Like, and I guess that that's for me um, is what's kind of brought me into the space that I'm in now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you know, I've lost some really good friends to suicide and, um, you know, I've been there myself and um, mm-hmm. I've attempted pretty heavily and like, realistically, I shouldn't be here and I'm grateful that I am. The universe has decided that it's not my time, but um, I, I understand that headspace um, and I, I really 
relate to you know wanting men to to continue to talk about their internal world and um you know it's it's something that doesn't just happen over a meme on social media or it doesn't just happen with people going just reach out bro you know i'm always here you know to be honest that's that's not enough like it, it, it definitely helps and it builds that rapport and and but sometimes like the last thing people want to do is get out of bed let alone talk or communicate yeah. you know what i mean yes. and i've been there myself so mm -hmm. it's it's you know i think for me personally it's, it's been a real self journey as well as mm -hmm people helping me from the external and guiding me, I've had to make choices, you know what I mean? And, and that's a real harsh reality to accept, you know, like a real good mate of mine, you know, reached out to me um, and amongst, a, you know, he, he was an addiction, I cleaned up um, and it was a really challenging thing. And I, you know, I put it out, you know, let's, let's meet up in a meeting and, and catch up in a safe, safe environment. And yeah. then not not long after that, you know, I finish work and I get a you know a message from his mum and he's 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 killed himself. You know what I mean? Jeez. And and it just it just breaks my heart, bro. You know what I mean? Because he's you know one of millions of of you know of people caught in this windmill of um, you know not even just addiction, just being caught in in, in your mind. You know what I mean? Right. Like you know I've I've been in prison. You know what I mean? I've been in the youth unit of the men's prison. Yeah, you know, and I've I've been in cells a lot in my life, and I tell you, there's nothing worse than being in this cell. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing worse than being in this prison, bro. I've been in some of the most roughest places that I could have not even imagined, but mm -hmm. this is the roughest place, man. And I am my own worst enemy. And like yeah. for me to take ownership on that and do some inner work on that has been the best thing I've ever done because now I start to understand, um, you know how to get myself out of the rut, you know, that I right. wish, you know, my friends that have taken themselves out could have understood as well. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's, yeah, it's harsh, man. It, it really is. And I mean, that, that, that's really powerful what you said. And, you know, and I think that's, it's a point to talk about, I think as well, when you mentioned that just saying, you know, I'm here for you, reach out if you need me. Um, sometimes, I mean, yeah, that, that's a nice sentiment. That's a nice message to send to somebody, but I've been on the other end of that too. And I know that when somebody said that to me and I look at my phone, my phone looks to weigh about a thousand pounds. I can't pick that thing up and reach out for help. Sometimes, no, sometimes yeah. we need to actually take action. Um, because the person on the other end of that isn't strong enough at that point yeah. to reach out for the help. If we see the the person struggling, it is our job to to take action, not to just say I'm here when you need me or reach out. Like that is it it's it's a it's a very nice thing and I think everybody should have people in their lives that do that and say that. But you know, sometimes you say that and then like you say a couple of weeks later the worst thing happens and we kick ourselves. Oh, we should have actually we should have gone over. We should have knocked on the door. We should have dragged them to a meeting. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. And it's a touchy thing, right? Because sometimes, you know, we, we say we can't force anybody into recovery. We can't, you know, I, I just said we could drag them to a meeting, but like <laughs> we know that it doesn't, but in that initial stage of somebody showing the weakness and, and being man enough to say, I'm struggling, that's the time to say, okay, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to a meeting or we're just going to go out for a coffee. Let's chat and let's open up and let's start this this dialogue and, and make it deep. 
because that's when they need it the most. And that's, that's when they can't pick up the phone or they can't get in their car and drive themselves to a meeting. It seems too yeah. daunting for, for somebody, right? A hundred percent. Because something, I mean, you know, when you talked about your friend um, who's, who's now passed, I mean, that's happened to me. I can't even count the amount of times, you know, uh, in, in, in my time in recovery, you know, people have reached out and I haven't done what I just said and gone to their house and picked them up and said, okay, let's just go. Let's go tonight. Let's not say next week. Let's not say tomorrow. Let's go tonight. Or like if we, if there's not a meeting tonight, let's just go grab coffee and have that connection. Um, and then, you know, when it was time, you know, when it was time for, I'd say, let's go to a meeting this week. And a few days later, I find out that they've either overdosed and died or taken their own lives. And it weighs heavy on me. I know I didn't do that thing, but I feel like I could have been more active. I could have been the person to to initiate. They did reach out for help. I could have, you know, gone to them and said, okay, I know how you feel right now because I do. And I know that you need me. I know that you need somebody to put, to say, get in my car, let's go. Or let me take you out of this situation and, you know, like, let's talk heart to heart. Let's not talk surface yeah. shit. Let's let's actually open up and really talk about what's going on because one addict to another addict or another person suffering in any way understands that other person's pain. We don't, we speak the same language. We, we, we don't necessarily have the same stories, but we speak the same language because we know what it's like internally. Right. Oh, a hundred percent, man. And, and like, like you say, you know, like for me, it's, you know, I've, I've lost a couple, a, a couple of close friends to, to suicide. And, you know, the, the other one, you know, she, she, she was in a similar, you know, situation that she, uh, she wasn't using drugs or anything, but she was just, you know, just trapped and, and just had, you know, I, I don't know the full story and, and, and I never will, but, um, you know, it, it really hit home, you know, when I'm standing there, you know, looking at my friends and, and coffins, you know what I mean? And that just, it totally, it, it, you know, it really just, you know, it runs home the reality of this, you know, it, it's, it's more powerful than I can even put into words or it, it, as you know, bro, you know what I mean? This is real Absolutely. shit. This is this is fucking this is life or you know, jails, institutions and death, you know, that cliche saying, bro, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I'm seeing it in front of my eyes and I'm just going, Holy fuck, you know what I mean? And like when I lost my bro, that really and this this lot of recovery, because I've had plenty of fucking relapse a, a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th this time it really it really fucking just it just sent home to me, fuck, you know, like this is this is it, you know. And, and I'll never say I'm never going to use drugs you know because i've been down that path as well but just for right. today man I've, I've made that decision and, and cemented my my foundation to to stay strong but um it's just you know it's yeah it's it's really um it's really real and you know like words can't even express it bro yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah i totally agree and sometimes um you know, I've had I've had very similar situations, and that's sort of um, out of a terrible situation. The the one positive that I can take from it is that I see the reality of it, and it wasn't me that went back out. It wasn't me that you know that had the unfortunate circumstance or that's not here anymore. But I can learn from that, and I can grow from that. And you know, I'm I'm heartbroken. I'm sad. I'll never probably recover from that, but it's motivation for me that it solidifies in my mind that I am just one drink, one drug, one uh, misstep from 
fate. A hundred percent. And and I think um, I hear it in the rooms all the time, right? What just when people relapse, you learn, you know, let let them relapse and learn from them, and and use that as fuel for for yourself and your own recovery. And you know, it's really it's always really hard. And I was like yourself, you know, I I tried for ten years uh, to get clean and sober. Relapse after relapse. I'm I probably relapsed about fifty times in ten years before I finally said enough's enough. And that was after my, it would have been my fourth suicide attempt. And, and it was, I, I was just beaten down, sick and tired of being sick and tired. I couldn't, I couldn't live that way any longer. Um, what was your path to the rooms of recovery? Like (laughs) the reason I'm laughing is because I can relate to what you, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I can relate to what you're saying. I'm definitely not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, man. Like, no, uh, I get it. I get it. My road to recovery has just been absolute fucking mayhem, mate. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) just the most fucked up shit, man. Like, you know, that's the thing. Like when you've got this unresolved trauma and this unhealed parts of you, you add substance to it. And it's just like a, it's a, it's dynamite, mate. You know what I mean? And, and you do things that, you know, you just never would have, possibly imagined and um that is you know that that is my story i've i've done you know like i said i've i've attempted suicide a couple of times um pretty seriously you know stabbed myself hung off a ceiling um Mm -hmm. you know gone in and out of treatment centers and prison a couple of times yeah um just doing really um unfathomable things to 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 people to myself hurting a lot of people um just yeah just getting to that you know rock bottom after rock bottom and and getting to that point where like I'm either gonna really make sure that I kill myself or I'm Mm -hmm. really gonna make sure that I that I stay clean and sober and do everything that I can to to be a better person and um Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, lo- losing my mate and being in those early stages of, of recovery um, a while back now. But, you know, of those stages, I, I made that decision and I did everything that I possibly could to, to get to where I'm at today, man. And, and you know, it's taken a long time and it's been, you know, a, a, a very crazy process. But um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, today in this present moment, Chris, I, I have a life along my wildest dreams, bro. You know, I still have struggles. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, I still have external situations that I struggle with and still want to tell people to get fucked here and there, but you know, I still want to act out and do crazy shit, but I'm not, you know, like, and when I do, it's only a very small, you know, it's only very small situations rather than huge you right. know, messes to clean up. You know what I mean? And, so my, my road to recovery has been a very messy one and it's been, um, you know, it's been very sad and, you know, I've, I've, I've fucked a lot of people over, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of really nasty shit that I never could have comprehended. And, yeah. um, you know, I still live with that guilt today, but at the end of the day, I can't live in that guilt. You know, I live with it, but I, I can't live in it. Otherwise I just end up going around that merry-go-round again. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of that, it, I mean, are you're, are you, are you in the rooms like 12 step rooms? Yeah, I, I was like, okay. currently I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not doing any meetings at the moment, but I've, I've okay. definitely got a support group that's very similar to, to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so have you, have you gone through an amends making uh, process? 
Yeah, definitely. I haven't gone through like I've I've gone through the steps and stuff, but um, a, a pretty sad event happened. I had I'm pretty sure I told you about it. So I had a sponsor. Um, he's passed away now. He ended up um getting cancer and and passed yeah. away. And where, where I live is quite a small town. Right. And um, it's yeah, it's been 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 pretty difficult. But I've I've definitely found found a group. But to answer the question on amends, I've I'd say I've definitely done a lot of amends. Um, mm-hmm. not not through the the 12 step side of things but uh, like for me personally i think the biggest amends i've done is is getting clean and sober and then creating the change yeah and um and then going out and 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 you know and and showing that externally to to people that i've you know hurt and and, yeah and and damage yeah and and, you know and i think that's the best that's the best amends to make a living amends right that's that's where you know you're showing the world that you're a different person and, you know, you make the direct amends when when it's possible um, or when you feel it's needed. But I think the best thing that we can do as people in recovery who have changed our lives and changed our behaviors so much is model that behavior for others and be that um, that voice of recovery and that, you know, and, and talk about our experiences just like this, right, where we can talk open forum and talk about some of the embarrassing things, some of the, the hard things, some of the really heartbreaking things that we've had to go through to get to where we are today. But like you said, we're not living in we're not living in that guilt, that shame or that remorse that we once did. Um, we've learned from it. We're growing from it. And we're we're always progressing and always getting that sort of 1% better every day. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I can appreciate the fact that you're not going to um, 12 step meetings and, and you, but you have a support group. And I think it's really important for people to know about. I started in 12 step rooms myself. I've since moved to another fellowship, a a Buddhist based recovery uh, fellowship called refuge recovery. And it just suits my life much better. But um, it doesn't mean that I didn't learn a lot from those 12-step rooms and I didn't make a lot of very important connections, right? And, and I still have a lot of friends that are in the 12-step rooms. And um, it's not about what fellowship we belong to or how many meetings we go to. It's about the community we create um, outside the rooms and the support networks we have for one another. And that can be you know, face to face over social media, like, you know, like you and I, right? Like, I know that I could reach out to you if I need to, through a DM, if I'm going through something, if I know that you're awake, and it's, you know, 2am my time, and people aren't going to get back to me, I know that it'll be the next day for you. And you'll probably be, you know, you'll be able to answer me, stuff like that really helps, right? Um, Building our networks, and, and having people in our lives that are constants, that know our stories, that can relate to us and that don't judge us. And we don't feel like we have to impress or we have to uh, explain ourselves. And they, they can take us for who we are and call us on our bullshit if they need to. Right. Yeah, definitely bro. hundred yeah. percent. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the answers within. Yeah. So basically how that all come about as I was um, sitting in my lounge with, with one of my mates and, um, we initially actually wanted to create something based on because I do a lot of poetry, bro. Like I'm, I'm really yeah. into poetry. It's been a big thing for me, um, in the way of expression and, and getting stuff out there. I, right. I tried the whole rapping thing and it just failed. <laughs> it just oh, failed yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I'm not built for that. But 
like I, I gave it a go. But anyway, hey, I poetry I, is kind of like rapping, anyways, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly, that's, bro. It, that's it's just yeah. So so initially the YouTube channel was going to be so there is like little videos and stuff with poetry and mm-hmm. me talking about life and all, all that type of stuff. I went for a phase of where I was kind of um, keeping myself anonymous, so putting like a balaclava. Uh, it was pretty out of it, but what 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 I was trying to do is is not make it about me, not not make it about Daniel, make it about the message of my experience that people could relate to, and yes. that's why I haven't done answers within video yet. I am going to, of course, but my goal is to get around ninety nine videos from men all around, from all walks of life, explaining yeah. their answers within themselves, and then hopefully I'll be able to do say the hundredth one and explain it in full depth of what well i'm gonna do this now but you know what i mean like give my perspective on what the answers within mean to me yeah yeah so okay it initially started with that but now i i came up with an idea of just asking people including yourself you're, you're actually the first person first brother to be on answers yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it really is bro it's cool and now now i'm on your podcast so it's it's, it's pretty awesome man yeah so it's it's basically i've got it just over 40 men um, on the YouTube channel currently um, mm-hmm. explaining their, their internal worlds, bro. It's yeah. really cool, man. Like it, it's like, it's a really cool, I'm really happy with it. Like it, you know, as you know, with YouTube and all that type of stuff, it takes time. It does. And it's, yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously my, my personality is like, come on, come on, let's get, <laughs> subscribe. So, you know what I mean? Oh, like me too, the, me the too. The edict part of these, like, oh, you know, but like I've, I've, you know, I've really tried just letting it authentically flow, mm-hmm. um, not chucking, you know, um, money, like trying to promote, you know, all of that type of stuff. Like I promoted a post on Instagram and stuff, and then I realized, oh, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to do, you know, I, I want yeah. it to authentically grow. And, you know, when men um, want to do a video and, you know, I guess this is a perfect, you know, opportunity and platform, you know, to, to get that message out there to, to men that um, would potentially want to be a part of this project. You know, there's no terms and conditions, you know, all you literally have to do is do a short video on your cell phone and explain what the answers within um, mean to you. And, and when I say answers within, it's, I've based it off my own experience of trying to find the answers externally using mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol, using violence, using these external sources to yes. make myself feel better or perceived that it was going to make me feel better, but it didn't. Yeah. So it's all about that healing and um, acknowledging, you know, that awareness, acceptance and action, you know, getting that awareness to be able to accept the reality to then be able to take action on it. And right. I feel it all kind of comes from here, you know, I think we need that external support in the yes. way of counselors and networks and all that type of stuff. But, you know, um, as you say, you know, men's mental health, like for me, is a, is a massive passion and something that, you know, I want to continue to grow. And, and that's why I created the YouTube channel, man. You know, like it initially didn't start off like that, but now it is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's doing pretty good, man. It's, for sure, yeah. for sure. I feel like it. I want to do another video for you, actually, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I think originally I didn't. I, I knew. I think because I was the first one. I think I was yeah, just like, okay, I, I wanted to get it to you right away, and it was just like I think I did it, and it was. I, I sent it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's not. It's not good enough, or or whatever. I think I, you know, um, I should I should record another one because I I it means something different to me today than it did 
when I recorded it. And I think I've got right. much and, more to say about it. And so yeah, even yeah. if there's and that's, two. That's the beauty of this though. Like your video yeah. that you did was perfect because it was at that at that present moment of, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's why I've created this YouTube channel is uh -huh. to branch, a, a, you know, to branch something that guys can look at 24 seven, right. any given hour, you know, you don't have to go to a meeting. You don't have to go to a psycho. You can literally go onto this YouTube channel yeah. and watch these videos. And a lot of them are quite short, so it's not going to take long. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And and you can listen to these guys' perspectives on their internal worlds. You know what I mean? And like, it's I, I just, yeah, it, it really resonates and it just, it makes me happy, bro. Like, that that project's one of the best things I've 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 ever done in my life. You know what I mean? It's it's not about yeah. getting the massive following and stuff. It's about helping men understand and and acknowledge their emotions to to be able to take action and 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 create change. You know, re realizing Absolutely. you know, like for myself, I am worthy. You know, I am worthy yeah. of loving myself. I am a good person. You know, and a lot of that is coming from here now, rather than having to hear it from the external source, you know? Yeah. It's so important. And, and I, and I just, I, I love that. I love that. It's just, um, you know, that you've got that there. And like you said, for somebody who may not have a meeting available to them at the time where they really need it, or they're too shy or too proud to walk into a meeting, they can hop on the channel and listen to other men talk about something that for sure they're going to be able to relate to because if they're looking yeah. at their life and wondering why am I why am I constantly being unfulfilled by these external things that I'm grasping at grasping at and grasping at like mo like many of us were and still sometimes are right um you know yeah. to be able to just yeah, log on to that in the privacy of your own home with headphones on or whatever and get you know these messages of hope and this you know this relatability it is and, and you know you said this before we started um recording you know a meeting just takes two people and that could be one person logging on to you know a youtube channel and just listening to these people tell their you know their perspectives and that might be the little piece of hope that that person needs to say okay it's time for a change you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And what they're saying makes sense. I need to, I need to look deeper. I need to go, you know, ask somebody, where do I go for a meeting? Where do I go to, to talk about? Where is there a men's group? You know, this sort of thing that, you know, channels like that can spark so much, I think, in especially with men who are too proud to say it out loud. You know, they can go on quietly to YouTube and, and hear other men open up and share and realize that, you know, it makes us stronger. It doesn't make us weak men. It makes us so much stronger to be able to, to open up and talk about internal things that really matter to us. And we all, we all, we all feel right. We're, I don't know any, I don't know any man who is void of feelings, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we do. And we need to be able to share that with each other without the fear of judgment or, you know, the, the feeling of shame or guilt or inadequacy, right? Um, so talk about your life today. I mean, I know, you know, you had mentioned this is a, a life that you could have never imagined living. And uh, what do you do on a, on a daily today to, you know, to ensure that you stay clean and sober and that you're, you're bettering your life and, and taking that, you know, that next step forward every day? 
I think one of the most biggest things for me, and you know, I really related to what you're saying about you know stepping away from the the, the meetings and stuff like that, and going into something that better suits you. So mm-hmm. I'm a part of a men's group, a men's circle. That's that's okay. probably been one of the biggest things for me. Um, yeah. I went there last night actually. I haven't been for a while, but it was it was just so refreshing and so 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 beautiful, bro. That you know you're sitting in a circle full of men getting vulnerable and honest with themselves. You know, it's yeah. just you know for me, it's it's re- where my passion really lies and and what I want to kind of do and 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 the future is is help and and work with with youth and, and, and young men that are struggling, um, like I have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me currently, man, like, um, I've just kind of started back into, so I've done chefing, um, in the past. Right. Um, so I've just started, um, back in that industry and it's cool. definitely not what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? It's definitely challenging, okay. but, um, you know, it is what it is at the moment. Um, and I'm definitely grateful for it. And, uh, you know, if I do, end up following through with the apprenticeship. I've just had the paperwork and stuff like that. Like I'm in the very early stages of it. Right. Um, and I guess for me, the, the reason I'm so grateful and have this life belong my wildest, wildest dreams is because I've acknowledged and realized now that I have a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I go through the chefing thing and I'm not really feeling it and it doesn't go how, how I want, want it to and, you know, I want to go do something else, I can. You know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I can do whatever I want. And, you know, when I was caught in addiction and, you know, had that unresolved trauma and stuff that was holding me back, that was chaining me to the wall, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? And today I, I, I'm, you know, I'm living in the conviction of who I am authentically and learning who I am authentically. And, you know, I've got an amazing fiance and yeah. I've got an amazing house and a roof over my head and clothes on my back. Um, you know, I'm not manipulating and, and conning people for money and you know, because that's that's where I've come from, man. You know, sure. I've, I've been, you know, a, a, a con artist. I've, I've you know, I've, I've basically been one of those people that that would help, like, would would steal off you and 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 help you look for it. You know, I was right. I was a I was a piece <laughs> of shit. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, uh, again, I'm laughing only because I understand. <laughs> Yeah, you hundred percent get it, don't you? (laughs) But it's you know, I'm I'm not that person today, man. I'm I'm you know, and I think one of the other big things that have really helped me in this healing journey is is looking at breath work, you know. Um breathing um has been one of the biggest things that have helped me release a lot of this trauma and a lot of this anger and stuff that I've I've been holding on to for a very long time. And and just meditating, man, like being able to just sit within myself and, and find that peace. Um, right. Because, you know, I remember going into treatment for the first time when I was, I think, 18, I got out of jail. And this lady that's passed away now, she was a counselor. She asked me, you know, if there's anything um, that you can take out of this, like anything at all, you know, what what is it? And I'm like, I just I just want peace. I, I just want to feel peace. I, I, just, I just want some peace within myself. And now I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got peace, bro. You know, and, and like I said, you know, I still have those struggles where, you know, it's, it, it can be chaos and, and things can seem really overwhelming, but I have these tools like brief work and the men's group and the network and the answers within and, and these things that tie me and hold me accountable to, right. um, you know, to, to bring me back to level, you know what I yeah. mean? That's amazing, man, and and I I really appreciate what you said about uh, about the breath work and the meditation because that that stuff is is so important 
uh, to me as well. And uh, I, I had never looked at the way I was breathing and I, I had no idea I would stop breathing. Like I, I would <laughs> yeah. exhale, I exhale and I wouldn't take a breath in until I was like, Oh shit, I forgot. I got to breathe. I was holding Science, so Science. much. And, uh, and when I'm, when I'm like consciously aware of my breath, life is so different. You know, I, I actually, I'm actually able to handle things. I'm not, um, I'm not reactive the way I used to be. Um, I can calm myself when need be, and I can identify. Now I feel it in my breathing before I feel it, and before I act out an emotion. Do you know what I mean? So I can yeah, feel when I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting like, okay, you're getting to that place where you're about to explode or you're about to say or do something stupid, and I and I notice it in my breath, and it's as simple as, okay, take a step away take four deep breaths and I'm not in that place anymore. And just simple things like that, that I was never aware of. And it changed everything. It does, man. It yeah. really does. And, it, it, and, you know, it really it kind of goes back to that external stuff. It, it kind of, you know, when stuff is chaotic and, and you start, you know, tapping into that breath, it, it, it makes everything a lot more clearer and you can see things a lot more calmer rather than, Ah, yeah. what am I? <laughs> you know, like you know, just breathe. You know, just bring sure. yourself back into that. Breath. And it sounds, you know, lardy daddy. And you know, if you said this to me, you know, five years ago, <laughs> you know, just take a breath. It's like fuck, off, you know what I mean? Oh but, yeah. You know, I'm so grateful for it, man. Like, and it's just something that's just breathing, Chris. You know what I mean? I know. It's so funny too. I think in recovery, it's. A, a, I think all of us say this. You know, if you were to tell me this five, ten, fifteen years ago. <laughs> I probably would have punched you in the mouth, you know, like I, that would never be me. And, you know, I would if you told me that I'd be sitting, sitting down in a group of, you know, with a group of men meditating together, working on our breath and doing I, I'd be like, there's no way I'm that's hippie bullshit. Right. I'm not I'm not. That's not me. Um, and here I am doing it and loving it. It's it's amazing. And that that, th that stuff is what allows me to be the person I am today, the partner I am uh, to my wife, the stepfather I am to my stepson and, you know, and, and the friend I need to be to my friends. And, um, you know, if I didn't have that stuff in my life, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be good at any of that stuff. You know, I'd be struggling still. So um, all that, all that stuff that I would have called hippie bullshit is, is the things that saved my life today. So it's, uh, it's funny how life works. It is, um, bro. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, man, I really want to thank you for for coming on and chatting with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, it's it's like I said at the beginning. You know, just to to have a face to face like this, uh, it's it's so rewarding for me. Um, you know, because I've been following you for for a long time, and you know, you do you inspire me. Um, you know, when I see your posts and, you know, when you message me or just like simple things, reacting to a story and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, to be able to have a conversation like this, it means so much to me. And, and I just really want to, I want to say thank you. And, and I really appreciate you, man. It's, it's, it's been an honor to sit down with you like this for anybody looking, uh, to connect with you, um, whether it's, uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, is there any, any, thing that you'd like me to link on the show notes 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So um, uh, the Instagram that a good friend of mine set up, because I'm really uh, shocking that I can't do all of that. Like, I need help with that type of stuff, eh? Yeah. Like, I, I really commend you on doing this podcast and stuff like that, bro, you know, because Thanks, it man. isn't, eat, you know, sorting out all this technical jargon and that. It, it gets I have lots of help. Man, <laughs> I'm like um, you. Yeah, I, I need so, the help. Yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. So the Instagram is the dot answers within i'm pretty sure you you follow it anyway i do um yeah so that like if if any guys do want to get involved in the project just just give us a message on there and i'll, I'll give you some more information um the youtube channel is just simply answers within project and it's okay. got a tree of life it's a pretty distinctive logo but yeah. obviously if you go onto the instagram it, it has the link in the bio and all all that stuff Perfect. And I'll, I'll link all that stuff uh, to the show notes so people can just click on there and uh, get in touch with you. And, you know, I would encourage anybody out there who, uh, you know, would like to, to, to send that message um, about the answers within, you know, to, to message Daniel. And actually, you know, it doesn't take a lot. Like he said, it's, a, you know, Not. you can take 30 seconds, three minutes, whatever it takes to send a message uh, or record a message and send it to him and be a part of the project. And, you know, your, your video could possibly save somebody's life and, you know, and, and absolutely will be changing somebody's life. So, uh, you know, I would encourage anybody to go check you out there. Um, again, man, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a priv privilege. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I hope to be able to connect with you again sometime very soon. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Vice versa, man. It's been, it's been really good. Amazing, man. All right. You take care. You too, brother.